This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. And welcome into the CFB podcast, Any Given Saturday. It's your boy Mark with my boy Brennan. A lot to digest tonight. There's a lot to get to. This is take two of our podcast. But uh, a lot to digest. But uh, we'll get into what we're going to get into. First of all, let's do our shameless plugs. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Any Given Saturday CFB. You can send us a line, send us an email of suggestions for the show, uh, feedback on the show, and, uh, send us a selfie. I don't really care at Any Given Saturday CFB yeah, at gmail.com. If you want, Works yeah, for send us, us. <laughs> send us hate mail, send us anything really. Uh, all we're getting in there is uh, Brennan's porn ads. That's all we're getting in there right now. So uh, <laughs> send us anything. But uh, I think the uh, the biggest thing that we need to digest and we really need to jump into is, uh, first of all, next Saturday, Big Ten football opens up. Pretty excited about that. Nebraska got the hardest schedule in the conference, and I don't think that was an accident. I'll uh, jump into that. Then we'll we'll talk about the Pac-12 schedule getting released and how they are now a legitimate contender for the CFB playoff. And uh, then we'll get into some picks for next Saturday. As uh, as your boy is going out to do his job, I will not be able to record until after these games are played. So we're just going to go ahead and get out in front of the curve tonight and talk about next week, the Big Ten slate, all conference games, and then uh, – yeah, November fourth, Pac twelve opens up. How do you feel about that, man? Uh November seventh. Should be Is it the seventh? It should be the first game, yes. Cause I know that yeah, our two November schools 7th. open up against each other, ASU USC. What up? Yeah, at nine uh nine AM Pacific time, so bright and early. Oh man, you better have some eggs and bacon ready for that game. Oh, that'll be It'll that be eleven be, o'clock for you, right? Yeah, it should be ten o'clock yeah. for you. But um yeah, they're going to be the big noon kickoff game for that day, and uh, but yeah, it's you know it's going to be exciting to have uh, f- Pac-12 football back. It's uh, mm-hmm. first game out of the gate. I would not want to have ASU though, because Arizona's been one of the states that's been open. And I don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to have ASU. My school's got Ohio State right out of the gate on the road. I don't want to hear about daunting schedules. Yeah, but at least schedules. they're equal, though. Equal? Uh, Ari- what are yeah. you talking about? Equal. The starting time, like Arizona, for instance, like I was saying, Arizona, the state itself has been open for them to practice. So they've been able to practice. I don't think they've been able to do like contact contact, but they've been able to actually do stuff. Whereas California just finally op- allowed uh, gatherings of 75 people or more. And then certain counties still aren't allowing 75 people or more. But uh, L.A. Dude, County is. So. Okay, I understand that worry, but you could give Ohio State. One day of practice, one day of prep, and Nebraska three weeks of prep leading up to this game, and I'm still not confident Nebraska's going to win. Oh, I'm sure Ohio State's going to straight slaughter them because they've been – I don't know about slaughter. We'll get into that in our picks. I've actually been thinking about this all day, but – Because you're trying to rationalize it. Remember the last two years we've done this? You've always said uh, Nebraska's going to do great this time, and then what do they do? They let you down. They stab you I the think they're going to do great. I think I think they're going to be better than people think they are this year. What do they have to do? They just have to go even to go better. But either with a seven, well, how many games are you, is your conference playing? We're playing eight. Well, we're playing oh. nine. So the way, like I, I covered it in our last episode, the way they're doing it is, you have an eight game schedule, and then the ninth game, the quote unquote like ninth week is you have your conference championship game, and then the other. Uh, 10 teams in the conference, they play a seeded game. So you play like the number two team in your division, plays the number two team in the other division, the number three, number three, number four, number four, and so on and so forth. So you get down to the toilet bowl where probably like Purdue is going to play Northwestern or something like that. So, or Maryland, my bad. It'd be Purdue and Maryland in that toilet game. But um, no, I mean, I think, so fuck it, man. I'll just jump into it. Look. No, he, he, hey, you did this to yourself. Nebraska. I, I, before we get into this, before we get into this, uh, have you have you watched TCU play at all last few weeks? Yeah, I watched them beat Texas last week. Um, I did not Jayden watch the K State game today. 
Have you have you watched JD Spillman? Yeah, he's getting like one or two catches a game. That's it. Yeah, but he's a pretty pretty uh, deadly return threat. Okay, deadly return threat. If he would have never left Nebraska, he would have been our number one wide receiver recruit this year. Well, we got that JUCO prospect out there this year, but he's talking about holding out. But um, I I don't know. That's always I mean, smart. I mean, if you want to transfer, I'm not going to be one to you know wish wish bad ill on you as a player, but uh. J.D. Spielman, I definitely think, made the wrong decision to leave Nebraska. Because at Nebraska, he was setting records. You know what I mean? He was Adrian Martinez's favorite target at freshman year. Yeah, especially I when he almost. He left. No, he did. He did. He left. Uh, he left oh, yeah, no shit. pretty much like at the, the conclusion of. Shut the fuck up, dude. Don't, don't drop the attitude. All right. I will mute myself and I'll say, walk I was, away from I the microphone. Do not give me attitude. I will punch you through the phone. But anyway. Um, uh, J.D. Spielman, I think he made the wrong decision leaving Nebraska because his, you know, Adrian Martinez's freshman year in 2018, uh, J.D. Spielman was his number one target. And then J.D. said he wanted to leave for some reason. And he went to TCU and he's getting like one or two catches, t- touches a game. I mean, yeah, he's a return threat, but at Nebraska. Yeah, they, the caliber of QB at TCU <clears throat> compared to uh, Nebraska is definitely way worse. Yeah, yeah. Adrian Martinez is a way better quarterback. But um, I think if J.D. would have stayed, he would have set records. You know, records that uh, Kenny Bell and Jordan Westerkamp held. He would have he would have been challenging those for sure. But, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, and goodbye, old Miss. All right, I'll close out of that. It's messing with my Wi-Fi. But um, yeah, I, it's the oh, Big they, Twelve they has lost. definitely been my secret shame. Yeah, yeah, they lost. They were down by like eleven, and they just got a targeting call. It's over. There's like a minute left in the game. But um, the Big Twelve has definitely been my secret shame. And uh, let's you know before we start talking yeah, about chaos. future, chaos let's, been going on in that. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the game today. Like, let's talk about that game today. Can we can we both agree that Sam Ellinger showed heart? Yes, he lost the football game. He lost to Spencer Rattler. Shout out Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona. But um, Sam Ellinger showed heart. He scored three straight rushing touchdowns to take a lead in overtime. Like that was probably some of the most spirited, some of the most heart pounding football I've watched in a long time. I actually posted on Facebook today. I should have posted it on our page. I posted it on my personal page, but um, that was the best football game I've seen in a while. The The Texas-Oklahoma game was incredible. If you didn't get to see it, it went into uh, fourth overtime. The final score is 53-45 Oklahoma. Um, Sam Ellinger threw two interceptions. He threw an interception at the end of the game to lose it. Spencer Rattler got pulled in the first half and then came out in the second half and actually looked like the quarterback people thought he was going to be. But, man, I'll tell you what, dude. Texas and Oklahoma are a shit show this year. Like, Tom Herman and Lincoln Riley better be praying for their jobs over the next couple weeks. Oh, I'll I don't think that. The, I don't think they'll fire either one of them. I think what they'll do is just cannibalize everything beneath them. Mm-mm. So Texas already did it under Tom Herman. Uh, yeah, I know they did. We, we USC picked up their, uh, their uh, defensive coordinator, but it wasn't yeah. Texas that did they it. Fired they fired everybody. No, they fired everybody except it for was Tom, Tom Herman. Herman. That fired everybody. Yeah, Tom Herman had a good year at Houston. And that's why he got the Texas job. Let's be real. But oh yeah, Tom Herman should be in fear for his job. And the reason I say that is because this is the seventh time since Tom Herman has been the head coach that they are a ranked team losing to an unranked opponent. And. Under Tom Herman, I want to say they're like one in five against Oklahoma in the Red River shootout. They've lost to him in the Big 12 championship I game. They, I don't think they've ever won since the playoffs, which because Oklahoma what playoff? made the playoffs. No, Oklahoma lost. Uh, Sam Ellinger beat him in the Red River shootout. Remember Dicker the kicker? That's where Eric Dicker like created his name was when Texas won. I want to say it was in 2018 when Texas beat Oklahoma. Um, so I, if I was Tom Herman, I'd be, I'd be afraid for my job. Um, Lincoln Riley, uh, 
I, I would be in fear for your job as well at Oklahoma because, yes, you beat Texas today, but you also lost to K-State and you lost to Iowa State. So, and you have the – K-State's looked pretty good. I mean, I mean they, yeah, they're, they're decent, but they're still Kansas State. You know, and they lost to TCU today. So, you, I mean, a lot of those things would make sense if you didn't have the number one quarterback in the country. You had the ESPN number one recruit. You have him under center after a year under, uh, what was his name? Is it Justin? No, not Justin Fields. It's uh, Hurts. Thank Jalen you, Jalen Hurts. I always get those two mixed up. You had him under Jalen Hurts for a year learning that offense at Oklahoma. And yeah, now. 2018's last time. Texas yeah. Won. And now he gets the offense. Yes, he doesn't have C.D. Lamb. And. You're looking at him to kind of manufacture wins. And in the fourth quarter, other than this Texas game, Spencer Rattler has crumbled in the fourth quarter. So if if I was Lincoln Riley, I'd be afraid for my job. I think he saved his job today. Because I think if they would have lost today, Lincoln Riley would have been fired on Monday. No. But yeah, absolutely. 100%, wow. dude. If, they, if Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma, the Sooners, Boomer Sooner, Sam Bradford, Adrian Peterson, the history that that school has, and you start out one and three – Nah, homie, you're fired. You start out one fired. and three, you're, fuck, you, not, you're fired. He's not. He's he. All right. So, pretty much, Oklahoma geared everything they have towards hiring him. That's they pretty much pushed Bob Stutes out the door, and just so they can bring in Lincoln Riley, they're not gonna fire him during a pandemic where they're not making much money, because he starts the season off super shitty. Now, if he did it. Next year, in the year after, then yeah, I could see him being on the hot seat. But he's nowhere near the hot seat, especially since most of the Big Twelve is in such a dumpster fire right now. It's just not looking the best. But um, yeah, 2018 is the last time Texas won that. I know that we're we're going into talking about the Big Twelve. So well, the Big ahead. Twelve is my secret shame, man. Like I, I I enjoy the Big Twelve and what they bring to the table because. Both of our conferences are out of football, but I don't know. It was a good football game. That's why I wanted to talk about it today. It was, yeah. Uh, but just that big 12 in general is pretty fun to watch. Dude, Long I am too day. fat to be running up and down stairs, man. Whew. Damn. But, all right, yeah, so let's get into it, man. Let's talk about the big the, the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 uh, last week announced that they're going to have a season finally. They not only announced it, they left nothing to the clouds. They announced their schedule. It's going to be a six-game schedule. Now, I didn't read too much into it, so I'm going to kind of lean on you. There's a seven-game schedule. Does that include the conference championship game? No. So if you're a conference champion, you're going to have eight games, right? Uh, shit, let me double-check that. I'm pretty sure it does one, two. Yeah, so game, th- game, game seven was supposed to be like a um, – out of division game so they'd be playing like north it'd be north versus south yeah that's where they'll play the like intra division and all that but i think it, it carries a lot of fruition because of what happened today texas was holding on to that you know and the reason i want to talk about the big 12 is because texas was holding on to a slim playoff chance but now with texas and oklahoma both being two lost teams the big 12 is out of it i'm sorry yeah there's no if way you're the big 12, no the only way if I you're into it is kansas state no, Kansas State has a loss, and that you know that's what I was yeah, just about to make a loss, point. Though. They're looking the best out of all of them. No, if you're if you're Texas or Oklahoma, you can squeeze in with a one loss. If you're Kansas State, you got to run the table. If you're Iowa State, you got to run the table. If you're Texas Tech, you got to run the table. And the fact that all those teams have a loss, the Big 12's out of it. You know, with Texas losing today, the Big 12's out of the playoffs. So now you have the Big Ten who you're kind of hoping for Ohio State or Penn State or shameless plug Nebraska to run the table, be undefeated, so that they can get into the playoff. You're going to have the ACC with Clemson and Notre Dame. Whoever wins that conference game um, is going to come out of the ACC because I don't know if you watched the Notre Dame game today. Notre Dame looks good. Um, And then you're looking at the SEC, Alabama or Georgia, and then that's going to pretty much form your, your conference championship. But now you're looking at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is going to have enough games 
Their conference championship game is right before the college football playoff selection, just like the Big Ten. So say USC runs the table. USC sneaks into the playoff this year because the Big 12 cannibalized itself. So I think that's a a big win by the Pac-12 commissioner. Yes, he waited way too long to start football, but you know the fact that they're going to be able to get football played is it's an incredible feat that the Big 12 cannibalized itself with Texas and Oklahoma just dropping games they shouldn't drop. And now you're looking at teams like USC or Oregon or Washington being able to sneak into the college football playoff this year. Yeah, I think the fan favorite to hit the college football playoff um, out of the Pac-12 is Oregon. Um, you got Oregon, then you have USC. The USC's biggest factor and its fact biggest factor for the last few years has always been Clay Helton. If you had a different coach in there, then they'd, they'd be the, the front runner for the college football playoff. But Oregon's just been building and building, and it's been looking pretty good. And um, Okay, so speaking of Clay Helton, that- so th- – so through the pandemic, not to cut you off, man, but um, this is also something I want to talk about is, you know, last year when we were doing this podcast, we talked in great depth about Clay Helton being fired. And I remember we were on episode one night and we literally, me and you kept refreshing a page about Clay Helton's future. And finally we got the news that Clay Helton was going to be retained at USC. Clay Helton is playing seven football games this year, or coaching seven football games this year. How many games does he have to lose to get fired? Oh, they're not going to. They're, they're, a lot of those schools are taking huge hits as it is. They're not going to fire someone with a massive buyout like that. He's going to stick around until at least next season. So just shits and gigs, USC goes two and five. Clay Helton stays the head coach at USC. If that's what uh, I'm saying, though, how uh, many games does USC lose before they say, fuck your buyout, you're done, you've had enough shots, you had the most talented roster in college football last year, and you won, what, eight games? So at at what point does USC decide, hey, we got to move on from this dude? We have a homeboy up in the Fox Sports uh, booth doing college football Saturday every morning that obviously wants to coach USC and is just waiting for Clay Helton to get removed. And that's Urban Meyer. So at what point does USC just say enough's enough? Goodbye, Clay. Welcome into USC, Urban Meyer. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, man, he could probably not win a single game and he'll stay the head coach this season just because he has that big of a contract and it's not worth them going into more debt to try to buy out his contract when they can just wait until next year when this whole thing dies down and actually um, build money again. Because a lot okay, of those West Coast schools aren't like the South and the Midwest where they're, they're going to have attendance and everything. A lot of those schools aren't going to have any attendance, and it's going to hurt. Well, speaking of attendance, and you know, you're talking about this whole pandemic dying out, not to get – you know, political, but you know, the election's coming up. So we know that's going to play a factor in, you know, how this pandemic's handled, but, um, the university of Florida is kind of like the, the eyesight of the college football world right now, because the governor of Florida said, you are allowed to have full attendance at, at pro at, at sporting events. Now the Florida athletic director said, no, we're going to, you know, still follow protocols. But the head coach of Florida said, after the loss to Texas A&M today, I want full attendance at football games. So there's a chance when LSU comes into the swamp next week that they could have 80,000 people in those stands. So what if, what if, I'm just throwing an idea out there. I'm not saying this is my prediction or my foreshadowing. The first Pac-12 game is after the election. What if by that time there's enough handle on the pandemic that USC allows 40,000, 50,000 people in the stands and they start getting revenue? Does that have a factor in if Clay Helton stays the head coach? 
Well, first off, you're talking about California, and California isn't going to open up no matter what. So that's pretty much not going to happen. I would say in a perfect world. Just entertain if, me. Entertain if, the if, question. In a perfect world, if they had the money and everything, and there was, money was not an issue, that if Clay Helen went four and three or anything worse, that they would fire him. So anything under 500, Clay Helton has pretty much sealed the deal until they get the money to buy out his contract. No, I'd say anything because if you get four wins, then you have three losses. So Yeah, but it, if you it, only it, have three wins, you have four losses, so you're under 500. So my question stands, if he goes anything less than over 500, do you think Clay Helton is on like pretty much sealed the deal until they can buy out his contract? Oh, 100%. I would say, like I said, I would say even if he only gets four wins, he's on, he's done. See, and I'll take it one step further, man. If they lose one game, Clay Hilton's out the minute they get their money. because And the reason I say that is because USC has recruits. USC has had a top recruiting class for like 20 years straight. They're always in the top 20. It's USC. You can't mess with them. You know, uh, Pete Carroll. They had one of the, literally the worst schedules. See, not and, schedules, uh, recruiting classes. Okay, so let me finish my thought. Is what I'm saying is, is they've had top recruiting classes. You know, they have five star and four star recruits on there as juniors and seniors. Clay Helton took over, and you know, last year they had a bad recruiting class. They had a bad season. The year before that, they had a terrible season. Did they make a bowl the year before last in 2018? Uh, no, that's the year yeah. they went sub 500. So. You know, we're talking about a head coach that took over a program that was the team of the 2000s. They were a dynasty. And Clay Helton now kind of revitalized his recruiting program. He brought in some recruits this year. Now, I think a lot of people that are USC alums or USC administrators or athletic directors or whatever you want to say that has effect on that call on that football program is if they don't run the table in their division, you know, they have six games in their division. If they don't run the table there, then they're not the best team in their division. And I don't think that's acceptable to USC standards. Clay Helton's out. I think if they go six and one this season, he's out. They have to go seven and zero. Clay Helton has to go undefeated and have, make a run at the college football playoff for USC to really take a step back and be like, yes, we're going to keep you onto this program because two years ago, you didn't even make a bowl, dude. I'm sorry. That's a big deal because I know what that's yeah, like to like be a blue blood program and not make a bowl. Trust me. I've lived it the last two years. I think that was the first time in like 30 years that they hadn't yeah. made a bowl. Yeah. It's, it's not a good feeling. And the only reason that Scott Frost is getting a pass at Nebraska is because Mike Riley destroyed our program and Bo Pelini did it before that. He's shown you what he can do at LSU a national championship team and he's one and two and given up almost 500 yards of defense, you know, every game. But, you know, those two guys back to back have destroyed the Nebraska program. And that's why Scott Frost is getting a pass. Clay Helton didn't take over for a bum. You know what I mean? So, well, he did. He took over for a drunk Steve Sarkeesian who got fired. That's, that's what happened. But his team was still excellent caliber team. He exactly. Was, they weren't a team that went, Four and eight. No. That's what Scott Frost inherited at the University of Nebraska. So, I don't know. I think if Clay Helton doesn't go undefeated or – I wouldn't say six and one. If he goes five and two, he's out. You know, and I think a lot of it hinges on that ASU matchup on the seventh. You know, if, if they come out and they perform against ASU, I think he saves his job. I think if he comes out and shits the bed against Arizona State – which I hope he does because, you know, go Devils. But if he comes out against ASU and doesn't have a strong performance and his offense doesn't look up to par and his defense is, doesn't give up 400 yards of defense, he might save a shot. But anything less than that, I think the, the talks will start swirling again. And I think USC will go to those boosters, start raising some money and be like, sorry, bud, I, we need you out of here. Urban Meyer is literally waiting to take over this program. Urban Meyer wants USC. Everybody knows it. It's not a secret. It's not a any given Saturday podcast hot take. Urban Meyer wants USC. It's the only reason he's not coaching right now. He wants the University of Southern California. All right, you want to go to uh, 
our Big Ten predictions for next week then? Yeah, man, let's do it. I'm uh I'm excited about this. So you know what, you give me you give me some games, I'll give you some takes. I'm uh I'm pretty well versed in this. And uh Alright, so we got first game that I'm, that's on my agenda here is uh Iowa at Purdue. Iowa at Purdue. What time is the game at? Uh, it says to be determined on the site. I don't know. Okay, so throw an asterisk here on my prediction. Uh, I know you're, you're you're jotting this down. You love this. You love to shove this back in my face when I'm wrong. But the asterisk on this is if it's a day game, Iowa rolls. If it's a night game, it's a close game, and Purdue pulls it out at the end. That's so, my prediction. I'm going with uh, I'm going with Purdue. I feel like that Iowa, Iowa football team has got a lot of turmoil and animosity going on in it within yes. itself. Yes. And uh, I feel like the slightest inconvenience in that game, they're just going to crumble. So I'm going with Purdue. Um, if I knew the over-under, I'd tell you guys what to pick. But I'm going Purdue just because there's been a lot of turmoil in that off season during that in that uh, Iowa football team. Oh yeah, Iowa, Iowa has just been the center, you know, and then just says all this racial inequality that's going on across the United States just added to the fire because of the comments made by that. What was it? The strength and conditioning coach or was it the offensive coordinator? Uh, I was the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. He was the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the nation. Okay. So yeah, I I'm taking Purdue if it's a night game, if it's a day game, I got to take Iowa. So you know, if if none of that happened, I would be going to Iowa 100%. But like I said, I think the, they're going to get hit in the mouth one play or two plays, and it's just going to go downhill. He's going to lose control of his team. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Taking taking hot takes. All right. <laughs> Next, we got some fa- some uh, some fan favorites here. We got Maryland at Northwestern. Oh, man. Is is there a time on that game, or is it still to be determined? Nah, so all these, all these are – to be determined. I'm pretty sure, like, if we were to actually go in depth, we could find a time. But this is straight off ESPN, so I don't know why. I don't know why there's not a time. Okay, because I know the. Just to let you know, for you know, when we get to it, Ohio State, Nebraska is going to be at 10 a.m. But um, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Northwestern in that game. I'm going to take Pat Fitzgerald bouncing back that that program, and you know, an easy home game against Maryland right out the gate. Yes, Maryland showed some flashes of brilliance last year, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take Northwestern in that game. You know, I'm uh I'm feeling your vibe too, and I was going to say this, but I didn't want to I didn't want to cast my pick before the for the hot take you had. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling Northwestern. I don't think they're going to go back to back crappy. I think this season they're going to put up a fight um coming in with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think it was new offensive coordinator is what they got. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so I think I think they're gonna work out the kinks in that system, and uh, I got faith in them to uh, pull out a close one against Maryland. Um, close game, huh? Yeah, it's not gonna okay. be a blowout, but it's gonna be a close one. All right, um, we'll put it. Well, we'll put on my notes there. I'm I'm taking Northwestern by at least ten. Well, I don't have my notes or anything. I don't know what you're. So then, why are we doing these picks here? I'll pull up notes. Uh, I'll do I'll do your fucking job. Don't worry about me. So I always on. gotta do that. Why can't you just do it once? Uh because I am not technologically sound like you are. Alright, so the first game we did was Iowa and Purdue. And, and Purdue. I took Iowa. And I took if, Purdue. If day game. Purdue if night game. I would assume it's gonna be like a a, a late afternoon night game because it's not gonna be um, your main line, main header, stream. God, I can't say the word. It's not gonna be one of your big games coming out of the Big Ten. Yeah, well, I mean, they're definitely giving those big games that early schedule. But all right, so next game. Next was so the next one was Maryland Northwestern, and we both got Northwestern. Mm-hmm. All right, you're, you're typing at like one word per minute. Shut uh, up. Next game we got. Rutgers at Michigan State. Okay. Now I know who I'm picking. What are you feeling? Oh man! So where's the game at? At Michigan State, so Lansing, Michigan. Oh, dude, I'm taking Michigan State all day. 
You know, I'm I'm going with uh, Greg Schiano and the and the Rutgers. Uh, oh man, Rutgers football team. I'm feeling it, man. I think I think they're gonna come in fired up. He's gonna come in hard hitting, loud mouth, knocking suckers out. So wow. I'm going Rutgers, and uh, <laughs> Michigan State's coming in with the with a new head coach, and they haven't had much time to do anything because this whole uh, pandemic. So I got I think they're gonna come in kind of scrambled. Um he is a defensive head coach though, so that Michigan State defense should stay how how good it was. But I'm feeling Rutgers, man. I think uh I think the way history's gone so far this season with uh the conferences that there's no top tier team. It's just chaos throughout. So why not add to the chaos with a little with the Rutgers of victory? Wow. All right. Yeah. I got it. I mean, hey, coming in with some hot takes. I like it. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, so next we got our first ranked matchup in the Big Ten, and that's uh, the Michigan Wolverines at the Minnesota Gophers. Okay. Where are you thinking, man? I know where I'm going with this. You know, I'm not a I'm not a Jim Harbaugh fan, and uh, I honestly haven't gotten back into the news to see if Minnesota's got anyone to opt back in, but. Uh, I think last time I I looked, they had a player. I think or I think it was Bates was on uh-huh. back in, but I'm going Minnesota. They're playing at Minnesota, and uh, I got I got faith in PJ Fleck and the the Gophers coming in. See, and I, I'm going against you, man. I Jim Harbaugh is he's on the, he's on the hot seat. Everyone knows that if if you don't perform well at Michigan, they're gonna they're gonna cut you out. So that first week, I think Michigan comes out with a vengeance, and I think Michigan takes it, and I think they take it by 10. Um, nah, not by 10. I think they take it by 14. I think they take two touchdowns on Minnesota. They embarrass Minnesota. I think Minnesota was lightning in a bottle last year, and I'm, I'm going to take Michigan on that game. Okay, yeah, so going back to what I was talking about before with Minnesota, Rashad, uh, Rashad Bateman, actually uh is back after opting out um due to covid concerns so they got their top wide receiver back um i'm just i'm digging pj fleck and what he's got going on with this team and uh i just think michigan and jim harbaugh is a shitty combination and uh, i got faith in in what's gonna happen okay so, so next game we got illinois at wisconsin so, I'm I mean, taking Wisconsin. One, that's no yeah, question. I don't even need to discuss no it. Yeah, you're in if Camp you, Randall. You, it's over. If you if you're a, a Illinois fan, you know I'm, we were a huge Illinois bandwagoners last season, and yes, uh, we were. We enjoyed that, but this this game right here, you've got to. Even though they've lost their start running back, you got to go with Wisconsin on here. They're they're just gonna dominate. Yeah, I I don't even think it's gonna be close. I think we're talking couple touchdowns here. Um, yes, I like Levy Smith. I think Levy Smith is building a program in, in Illinois. Um, and give it a couple more years, I think they're going to be competitive. But it's Wisconsin, man. So the next game, we got Penn State going on the road into Champaign to go play. No, Champaign's Illinois, remember, dude. Come on. Oh, yeah, my bad. Indiana, my bad. Yep. Going so, into uh, Indiana. I'm going Penn State. I don't think yeah. Indiana's gonna have much of a game here. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on it, man. I I think, um, and not foreshadowing my next pick, but I think Penn State is the uh, best team in the conference. Uh, I think Penn State returning the most starters. They uh, they are absolutely primed and and set for success. I think Penn State is going to have the upper hand in that division. If I'm not mistaken, Ohio State goes on the road to Penn State this year. Um, So I think Penn State is the best team in the Big Ten. I think they're the best Ohio State does go on the road to Penn State, yep. I think Penn State has the upper hand going into the college football playoff, 100%. So, all right, final game, man. I'm excited to get into this one. You go ahead and you you tell me your pick and your reason and all that because I'm probably going to go on about a 10-minute rant about this. Uh, Ohio State hosts Nebraska on big noon kickoff at 10 a.m. 
on Fox on October 24th? Who do you got? I, I, I think you've got to be a meth head not to pick Ohio State in this. Okay. Ohio State is fired up. They've been wanting to get on the field. They've been wanting to hit people. And now they're finally going to get the chance to play their cupcake game against Nebraska. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Do I think Nebraska's Cupcake game. It is. If you, if you look at it, the only team that doesn't have a cupcake game that's like in the top tier of the Big Ten is Michigan and Minnesota. Those are the only two that don't. <laughs> All right. All right, I mean, you ready? Really, if they wanted a, a real true cupcake game for Ohio State, they probably would have picked like Northwestern, Maryland, or Purdue. But okay, they they wanted to give them like an, a harder cupcake game. But yeah, I'm going Ohio State all in on that. <laughs> all right, man. So here's mine, man. Here's my pick. I'm taking Nebraska, and I got reasons. I'm not just taking them because I'm a fan. Because. One, location of the game. Two, time of the game. And three, just the climate and where Nebraska's at as a program. So first reason, time of the game. They're playing at 10 a.m. in the morning. Two years ago, Nebraska traveled to Columbus, Ohio to play Ohio State. Uh, it would be at 11. It would be 11 a.m. Or 11 a.m., whatever. You know, time changes are crazy. But um, we went in. I was in NTC, and I remember talking to Lieutenant Wilkins about this. Nebraska took Ohio State down to the final possession. They beat us by like four points that year. I think it was like 34 to 30 was the final score. So we caught them early. We caught them when we were when they were um when they were at home and they only beat us by four points. Last year they mollywopped us. One because we played a late game. They had all day to prepare for the game. We didn't catch them sleeping. We didn't catch them catnapping through the first half. And Adrian Martinez definitely didn't have his best game. Now, this year, we got them early. We got them on the road. Nebraska has been practicing this entire time. I don't know if you follow any Nebraska on social media. They have been practicing this entire time. They're ready for this football game. Ohio State returns their seniors and quarterback in Justin Fields, you know, one of the top NFL prospects. We return Adrian Martinez, and we also return uh, Luke McCaffrey, who showed uh, – Showed some flashes of brilliance last year. I'm taking Nebraska with the upset because where we failed at two years ago to upset Ohio State in the horseshoe was we didn't have defense. We've bolstered up our defense this year. I think we make a few key stops there in the third and fourth quarter, and I think we overtake them with our high-powered offense that we're going to have this year. I, I mean, think, there's going to be a year that you guys beat them right out the gate. It's going to be 2020. I yeah, guess, we get like the, we got them before. right out of the gate. We have them on the road, and we have them in an early game. We already have big noon kickoff. They've already announced it that it's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff for where you're at, 10 a.m. for where I'm at until next. No, it'll be 11 here because of the time change. But um, I, I, I think we get them. I think that we punch them in the mouth early. We go up early because of – you know, there's one team in the Big Ten that has been very vocal about playing, and that's the University of Nebraska. You know, we we have wanted to play, and I think the reason Scott Frost wants to play so good is because he knows that he has a squad. And I think we'll be last year's Tennessee. I think we'll be last year's Tennessee where we come on strong. We went out during the last part of the season. Okay, and Tennessee did like, not come on strong. They they started very terribly, and they finished strong, if that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, but I think this Ohio State game is kind of what puts Nebraska back on the map. Nebraska wins 33-30. to 30. That's my prediction. Mark it down. Etch it in history. I'm a goddamn genius because Nebraska's winning the game. I promise you. No, I like I said, there's going to be a year that Nebraska is going to beat Ohio State First game of the season, it's going to be 2020. We've seen what these underdogs have done in the Big 12 and the SEC. Now, why not carry it over to the Big 10, you know? You know what I mean? And I don't – you know, I'm looking I'm at all these Ohio matchups. State. I'm looking at all these matchups, and, and the games that I see as an upset is Maryland over Northwestern, Purdue over Iowa, or Nebraska over Ohio State. Indiana's not going to make a game of Penn State. Illinois is going to be out of the game by halftime. And Minnesota is going to be shut down by the by the start of the fourth quarter. I think Michigan will be up by a touchdown or two. So, you know, when you look at those three games, what's most probable? Nebraska is going to beat Ohio State because we've done it before. 
you know, we've we've come back back in 2014. You know, we we had the greatest comeback in uh, Nebraska history, where we beat Ohio State. We were down 27 to six in that game, and we beat them. Uh, two years ago, on the road, Ohio State, if you don't remember, went to the college football playoff that year. We took them down in the final possession in Columbus. Now you get them first game of the season at 10 a.m. Punch them right in the mouth. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I don't. That's why I'm taking Nebraska over Ohio State. I can't wholeheartedly pick Nebraska to be Ohio State. I think I can. Just go big red, motherfucker. That's why. That's why I can take him right. I think. I think Justin Fields is just going to be too big of a force for that Nebraska defense to try to contain. I. But hey, I I think Justin Fields is good, but. I don't know. They lost a lot of people to the NFL draft this year. So, and they plus, lost pretty much their whole secondary. Yeah, and I mean, and you know what? What has Ryan Day done at Ohio State? You know, we talked about this in depth one night. You know, we had a whole podcast to this guy of you know what happens if Ryan Day can't perform. Now, this is a hundred percent his team. You know, he's not playing with Urban Meyer's players like he was last year. Now he's playing with his players, except for nah. It's, it's still you gotta give at least three to four years to get your players. Yeah, I. This is more Ryan. I, I would say Bob this Ross. is more Ryan Day's team than it is Urban Meyer's at this point because Urban Meyer had a lot of juniors and seniors that you know he was running the table with. Now, you go look at Ohio State starting offense. There's a lot of sophomores and juniors on there. That's Ryan Day's team. Scott Frost had seniors and juniors last year. Now. You Sophomores go look at his juniors would be or would be Urban Meyer's team because Ryan Day's only been a coach for one year. So this is his what, what position did have, wait what position did Ryan Day have before he was the head coach? God, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's almost like a it rhymes with a Schmaltzev schmordinator. Uh, oh, he was the offensive like, coordinator. Scott Frost was even part of the program. He wasn't even Scott Frost wasn't even part of the program. Scott Frost had has been a coach for what three years now. Three years. This is his third year, yes. Yeah, Wasn't that, even part of the program. Year, Ryan Day, that's ago, his offense. Two years, ago, sh- two years ago should have been Scott Frost's team. In, in your Playing with juniors team. and seniors, yeah. Okay. That, that's exactly He recruited those is. players. He was at UCF winning bowl games, beating SEC teams when these kids were getting recruited. Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator when these people were getting recruited. That's why Ryan Day doesn't get a pass like Scott Frost does. Scott Frost wasn't even part of the University of Nebraska. When these players were there, the only player that was Scott Frost's baby would be like Luke McCaffrey or Adrian Martinez or the starting offensive players this year. That's why this year just, is so big for Scott. Ryan Day was the offensive so coordinator at Ohio State. He was so recruiting these players over Scott Frost. But anyone else, it's just thrown to the fucking fire. If OK, if Scott Frost was the offensive coordinator for Nebraska, then he wouldn't get a pass like I'm giving him. Scott Frost wasn't even in the organization. You're going to give him passes. You're going to give him passes until he retires out of Nebraska. Probably no. Like if if I'm going to be honest with you, if Scott Frost, you can put this down on paper too. Type this in. If Scott Frost only wins two or three games this year, I'm going to be calling for his head too. Because yes, I like Scott Frost. I think he is the answer to the University of Nebraska. But it, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a Husker fan. I don't have a Scott Frost tattoo. I have a Husker tattoo. If Nebraska can't win more than three games, Scott Frost isn't the answer. Let's go get Urban Meyer. Fuck it. Bring him in. You know what I mean? So I'm not one to make excuses just for Scott Frost. Like, yes, I am high on the hiring. I think he's going to be a good coach. But if he only wins two games this year out of eight, if he goes two and six, like, hey, off with his head. You're not, cut, you're not cutting the mustard at the Nebraska. I'm sorry. Nebraska has a certain tradition. You know, there's a reason we have 26 conference championships and five natties and three Heisman winners. We're the fourth winningest program in college football history. There's a reason. We expect excellence, and the last three, four years, we haven't gotten that. So, I I don't know how, how you expect them to win more than two games this season. Simple. If Scott Frost does what he has said that he came here to do, we will win more than two games. If he wins only two games, off with his head. Send him back to Florida. Bye. UCF needs you, obviously. They're like one and two now. So. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, I they're got, terrible. I can see how he can win more than two games, but it's going to be a very uh, 
Oh, it's going to be tough, to dude. The first four games we played at Ohio State, Penn State, and fucking Wisconsin. Dude, they, they, the Big Ten stacked the now, schedule against us for a reason. Your, th- your third game is Northwestern. <laughs> that may not be a cupcake either if both of our predictions come true where Northwestern's going to have a bounce back here. We could start the season 0-4. There is <laughs> – I was looking at this schedule, man, and I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm I'm high on Nebraska. I think we're gonna have a good year. I really do. But I was looking at the schedule at first glance and I was like, dude, we're gonna start home four and I'm gonna be pissed off. I'm gonna fucking shoot myself. <laughs> but I think if we come out and we punch Ohio State in the mouth, even if we only lose by like two points, I think that puts us on a high to where we could go to play Penn State tough. We could play Wisconsin tough. We're gonna beat Northwestern and maybe we could start out the season like two and two and oh well, we're like Texas and Oklahoma. We're still staring down the barrel of a of a bowl game, but imagine, just imagine, just entertain me like you entertained me earlier with, uh, what's his name or with uh guy who's your coach? It's slipping me. Oh, Clay Helton. Thank you. Entertain me like you did with Clay Helton. Imagine if Nebraska starts four zero. Just imagine, imagine how much you would. Just dread getting on this podcast every night if Nebraska was 4-0. Oh, my God, dude. I just got a boner. I wouldn't mind getting on the podcast because you wouldn't cry every time. It wouldn't be like the last, <laughs> last year's where you were just upset and like, crying the whole time. Yeah, the last two years we've done this. Yeah. But, no, I mean, you know, we have a shot at it. So, I don't know. We'll see how they come out. We'll see how they look. <laughs> if Adrian Martinez comes out and looks good, who knows, man? Did you say you have a shot at 4-0? Yeah, any given Saturday, right? It's the title of the podcast. Any given Saturday. Plus, we get we get Wisconsin. Is it Wisconsin or Penn State? We get at home. Uh, Penn State. No. Oh, we're beating Penn State. We're a hundred percent beating Penn State. No, my bad. Hang on, let me look. If Penn State's at home, we're beating them. Where is Nebraska? Middle of the country. Okay, I'm trying to see where you are on the thing. Yeah, you got Penn State at home. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, hold on. Let me let me look at our full schedule here. Let me look at our full schedule. So we got Wisconsin at home. We're winning that game. Penn State at home. We're winning that game. We go on the road to Iowa and at Purdue, and then we have Minnesota at home. Oh, dude, we're going seven and one. Go Big Red. Uh, I mean, I wish you the best. Yeah, I know, I man. I'm probably best. gonna end up shooting myself. But you just you set your expectations so high just so you can let yourself down even worse. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what that's I really do every year. That's what I do every that's year, man. Happened. It's why change it now, man. It's worked this long. I you know I get pretty hype on my team every year, and then I end up just wanting to you know to kill myself. But yeah, I don't I don't know why you do that to yourself because it seems like every year I catch you every weekend and you're just mad so <laughs> yeah it is what it is man but, but anyway uh, yeah you know we're not i i be honest with you i haven't really been uh looking up the news the past couple of weeks on what's been going on i just mm-hmm. saw the biggest news the pac-12 playing pushing out its schedule it also partnered up with another um rapid testing company uh I was I didn't understand kind of how that was working because Quidall is like the main one they're partnered with, but um, that oh also too um, before I forget, literally every Pac-12 game is gonna be on a major televised network, so none of the Pac-12 football games are gonna be on the Pac-12 network. Thank God. That. Yeah, well you know it's a thank God, but it's also just you just gotta laugh at how terrible that is like. The brand that you're trying to sell of your own network, you're not going to sell because you're not going to have any football games on it. No, dude. How many times have me and you talked about it, whether on the, on the show or not, that, dude, when a game comes on the Pac-12 network, I don't know. They might sue us after I say this, but any game that comes on the Pac-12 network, me and you just get really upset because it's so hard to watch that game. It is terrible yeah, coverage, is, terrible commentators. Really the camera angles, they're just like shooting it at the ground at a mosquito the whole time. It's terrible, dude. Yeah, it was the, – the times that we had to watch it last year was not, not No, not whatsoever. good. 
Um, I mean, we were also using like a bootleg Pac-12 network, but still, like it was terrible. <laughs> well, I think any the regular Pac-12 network would be about the same too. But, um, but yeah, uh, every Pac-12 game will be on a major televised network, um, anywhere from Fox Sport West to Big Noon Kickoff. So, as long as you have regular cable TV or internet or uh, streaming service or any normal service. You will be able to watch all the Pac-12 games this year, all seven of them. Also, there is no buys um, in the schedule. No, there's so it's seven there's no weeks yeah there's there's no buys in uh, in the Big Ten either. Like they're they got to get these games in. So oh, I think what that also says is, you know, that's going to be a lot of stress on the universities to make sure that COVID doesn't interrupt, like in the NFL or in the in the MLB, yeah, it's to where you got to reschedule uh, games because there's yeah, no the room NFL for error. Yeah, there's no room for yeah. error in the Big Ten or Pac-12 because both of their games are straight slates with the conference championship game on a certain day, and it's right before the college football playoff selection. Now, if you miss one game in there, does that hurt your chances to make the playoff? I don't know. That's yet to be seen. I, I think it truly depends – this is what I was about to ask you about. I know we're kind of running uh, on here with the show, but um, that's what I was going to ask you. How do you think – how many teams do you think will be able to finish the full season with no um, rescheduling or cancellations due Ooh. to COVID? How many teams – yeah, we'll just go how many teams, not how many games. We'll just say how many teams do you think will make it – the f- because for you in the Big Ten, the full eight, but for the Pac-12, the full seven. I'm going to say both conferences finish out their schedule. You don't and think that there's not going to be one week no, for COVID? No, I don't. And I, the reason is is because I think that the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC kind of rushed into football. You know, they kind of followed the NFL's mentality of like, let's just go play football and see what happens. The Big Ten and Pac-12 kind of like took a step back and – was it frustrating to fans? Absolutely. Because you're sitting there and you're watching the University of Texas play football three weeks ago and you're like, why can't Nebraska play? But they have really honed in on COVID protocols and how to mitigate the spread of this pandemic that I think that they finish their schedules. I think that they play I, their full you know, games. And even I, if somebody gets sick, I think that they have enough protocols in place that Yes, that player will have to sit out maybe like one or two that got affected with them or maybe was on their contact trace that, you know, they're still able to play the game. And I think the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going to kind of be the models for college football if this pandemic continues I, on. I will I will honestly say that I think the other conferences have actually done a pretty good job oh, absolutely. Uh, on handling this. Because, for instance, today Virginia Tech had, was it 15, 14 Fif- players? They had 15, 15 players out, three yeah, starters. They had 15 players, yeah, 15 players out because of COVID, and they were still able to play and everything. So I, I think that if the big, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're smart, they would learn from how those are going about. But my issue with with uh, teams finishing are these low bottom feeder teams that aren't really pay, playing for anything other than um, just to play and for and for uh scholarship tuition and stuff like that i think that's where you're going to kind of see um the problems along with the along with the actual like big party schools like asu um arizona and i wouldn't really uh, i guess i don't really know which ones you would pick in the big 10 but um, as party schools none of them yeah i mean i i think that the schools that and that's I, that's the other thing i was kind of getting to i think the schools in the big 10 that are at the top are very dedicated to playing the game right now, and I don't think they'll do anything to jeopardize that. Exactly. I think I think so the Pac-12. I, I don't mean to pick on your conference here, and we'll we'll wrap it up after this. But I think uh, the Pac-12 is going to have more issues than the Big Ten, honestly, because of the reasons you just said. You know, the Big Ten, we need football. The pa- the you know the Pac-12 doesn't need football, and they made that very evident during the beginning of the pandemic. So. Yeah, I don't I, know, I man. Think, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I think the the problems that come with those bottom feeder schools, yep. like for yep. instance, your your Illinois, your Michigan State, stuff like that, for the Big Ten. Even schools, in, 
Even in the Pac-12, Arizona. That's what I'm saying. Washington State. Yeah. Well, Washington State is pretty remote. There's not really much going on there. But um, I think that's where it's going to kind of – you're going to see cases hit because those players are having to still survive. That's Mm -hmm. that's one thing you got to remember, too, with all these athletes is they still need jobs and everything to pay for their – for their monthly living even though they are d1 athletes so you know they do get like help to some degree but they still try and make a living out of what they're doing so they're gonna have to survive somehow and absolutely i i think that's where these bottom feeder schools would come in and you're gonna see players are still working and end up testing positive and hurting other players but like you said uh the pac-12 and the big 10 had time to go back and, and reevaluate their plans and also pac 12 teaming up with Quiddle uh, to get the rapid tested going within uh, 15 minutes. They get the result is a huge thing. That way these players can be tested in waves. And I believe I saw, I can't remember what team it was, but um, when they go back, is it a pac 12 or big 10 team? But when they go back, they pretty much have testing between 6 AM to 8 AM. Um, and then, after that, they enter uh, training and, and uh, uh, practice and all that. Yeah, so the, the Big Ten is doing like, daily testing. Yeah, well, I think everyone's going to have to do daily testing. But um, I think that's going to be how they're going to get this thing nipped in the butt and figure and weed out the positives from the negatives on uh, results is by doing that big time block for testing, which is going to kind of suck for your time limit for practice. And... Um, taking that time to do waves of testing, excuse yeah. me, and and figure out how to go. But I think, I, I think moving moving forward in the football season, you know, Big Ten, Pac twelve, you know, as much as we want to sit here and you know root for our teams, I think the one thing we can both root for is just a safe season, and that's what I hope for. Is that you know, at the end of the day, yes, I hate Ohio State. I'm not a big fan of Michigan, but you know, I hope that these players can go out there and they can play the game and, you know, they can at least just get out there and just be safe. And I don't wish yeah, ill on anybody because, you know, my prayers are definitely out there for Virginia Tech today as there's 15 players with COVID. And, uh, you know, I pray for their recovery and their that they can get back yeah, to I the think, field and I do what they the, love. Uh, I think the biggest area that you got to kind of stress about uh, with getting test, with getting positive results is your, your linemen because – they're they're already putting a huge strain on their body as it is by having to put on weight and uh, constantly move their bodies with that much weight on them that it's uh, it's it's gonna hurt their their overall systems and stuff like that if they get the COVID and they find out that it it hurt, it uh, affects their hearts and stuff like that so I think that's the, where your biggest concern should be and then also your your assistant coaches stuff like that that are older um, that have been in the game long and yep just you know more susceptible to health risks and stuff like that but i think the pac-12 will have at least four to six teams play the full season we'll see man i mean it's gonna be interesting to see fucking teams are in the big 10 because the big 12 just made it okay well the big 10 should be the big 12 then um but i'd say probably about six to eight teams in the big big 10 will finish out their um their whole season I just think it's it's too difficult to try to hope that every team will will finish with no buys at all. That that's the thing that really gets me is if you, you have the buy, then no you have that wiggle room. Yeah, at least put the buy at the end of the season so that way you know whatever games you got to reschedule, you can pick the, the top dog one. And I think that's the other thing that, that that you should really be looking at too. If you when we were talking about uh, college football playoff, is it is what games are you having to cancel and what games are you having to reschedule? Because let's say you got USC and Oregon, for instance, the two top teams in the Pac-12. Well, if they go to the Pac-12 championship and next thing you know, Oregon tests positive and they have an outbreak, now they've got to either reschedule that game or they've got to cancel it and they got to get it done before the committee meets and comes out with their rankings and stuff like that. And I think that's where the concern really comes. It doesn't really matter with like a you know Northwestern at Maryland it matters more of like Ohio State at Penn State and stuff like that because those are the big games that are going to seal your ticket in. Yep. I don't know, man. It'll be an interesting season. I'm excited for it. I know next Saturday, hopefully I'm out of the field and I can actually sit down and watch the Big Ten. But 
we'll see how it goes, man. But hey, don't forget, follow us on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at any given Saturday CFB. Drop us a line at any given Saturday CFB at gmail.com. And as always, you know, follow us and listen to our podcast. You know, we get a great joy out of seeing new people come in and listen to it. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on. Are, uh, are we podcast. on? Are we on the new one yet? Can we announce that? Uh, yeah, I got an email about it. And then uh, long story short, I emailed them back and I, I was pretty confused because if you go to Amazon, you can look it up. Like I'll do it right now. But you go and go ahead and announce it. So we are finally we are on any. So the any given Saturday podcast is on Amazon podcast, and big deal for us as we are happy to be on new platforms and bringing this beautiful content to you whenever we can get on there. So go ahead and follow us on there on the Amazon podcast app. And we're on Stitcher. We are on Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on on all the major platforms. So we love you guys. We're glad that you got to listen. And next Saturday, don't forget to wear red and cheer on those Huskers. Go Big Red. And fight on.